0: If people understand their true core values and they kind of release this idea, this need to have this perfectly refined purpose, I think it'll find you.
1: You're listening to the Profit by Design podcast, episode 65. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question, what has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling, the business psychologist, the author of How to Hire the Best, and your co-host on the Profit by Design podcast. Weekly, my co-host, Mike Bruno, and I bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real-life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. Profit designers, today is such a cool day. I am going to get the opportunity to interview John Jance. When I started out as an entrepreneur about 15 years ago, there were a few books that were repeatedly recommended to me that I needed to read. And Duct Tape Marketing, written by John Jance, is one of those. In my entrepreneurial world. He is right up there with Michael Gerber, Mike Michalowicz, these guys who've written what I consider to be the entrepreneurial classics. John and I connected over Facebook during the launch of How to Hire the Best and he was gracious enough to invite me onto his podcast and today I get to bring him onto the Profit by Design podcast and have A really fun discussion with him and we go deep on this one. He asked me a coaching question and I put it back at him. So you get a little inside peek into both of our worlds and the big things we are up to in the coming year. John's latest book is The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. Having read several of John's books, one of the things that I really appreciate is following an author's trajectory in their thinking, and I can tell you The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur clearly is something that reflects on John's own entrepreneurial journey and things that have inspired him along the way. It's a little bit of a different book, and it's not a book that you sit down and read. This is a book of daily inspirational quotes and powerful questions to grapple with as an entrepreneur to get us thinking a little bit differently about things. So we'll dive into the interview here briefly, but I want to read you John's formal bio. John is a marketing consultant, speaker, and author of Duct Tape Marketing, The Referral Engine, Duct Tape Selling, The Commitment Engine, and SEO for Growth. His newest work, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, 366 Daily Meditations to Feed Your Soul and Grow Your Business, taps into the wisdom of 19th century transcendentalist literature and the author's own 30-year entrepreneurial journey to challenge today's entrepreneur to remain fiercely self-reliant while chasing their own version of success. In addition to his own writing, speaking, and consulting career, John is a podcasting pioneer with a continuous string of weekly podcast episodes dating back to the summer of 2005. He's interviewed thousands of guests and appeared on the other side of the mic as a guest hundreds of times. So with that, let's join my interview with John. We are nearing the end of 2019 and now is a great time to be taking stock of your business to get ready for 2020. Profit designers, we have created a tool for you at Tap the Potential to help you identify the parts of your business that are strong and the parts of your business that need attention in order for you to have a highly profitable, great place to work that gives you your life back. You know, do things like take a four week vacation if you want to, or just have that freedom to do something else in your life that's important to you besides working all the time in your business. So, if you want to get a handle on what to put attention to, 2020 to make your business sustainably profitable, to get your business where it can run without your daily involvement, take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. You will get feedback on what's strong in your business and what areas need the most attention from you in 2020. Again, you can take that at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. So, John, welcome to the Profit by Design podcast. It's an honor to have you here with us. And you have a new book that has just come out, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. And I am a big proponent of self-reflection, being a psychologist, working with entrepreneurs. And I really believe that how we are aware of ourselves on this journey is critical. And it is way too easy in the day-to-day hustle and bustle of getting everything done to totally disconnect from ourselves and who we are. And so with the self-reliant entrepreneur, I'm really, as I'm going through it and I'm utilizing it in my own morning routine, I am really appreciating just that invitation to reconnect and to the inspiring quotes that you're sharing with us. So maybe we should kind of back up a little bit. And if you could start with Many of our listeners are probably familiar with you from Duct Tape Marketing. That's a classic entrepreneurial book. And you've written some other books like The Commitment Engine and now The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. What inspired you to write The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur?
0: Well, this is actually my sixth book and you're absolutely right. My five previous books were very, very much about some aspect of marketing strategy and tactics. But I've also worked with now, I don't know, tens of thousands of entrepreneurs over about a 30-year period. And I just wanted to write something that I felt like was maybe a reflection of my journey over that period that also included some of the things that I've experienced with many, many entrepreneurs over the years and create something that was not a how-to like all my other books, but more of a why-to kind of book. Because I really think that a lot of us suffer from how-to overload. <laughs> you know, I think we know pretty much everything we should do and we know a lot of cases how, how to do it but i think where we sometimes fall down is the mindset of you know what we're here to do and how to follow our path and how to ignore you know everybody else who says we should do this or shouldn't do that because i think that's robbing a lot of entrepreneurs of the joy and the happiness uh, that this ride of owning your own business can be
1: yes and You know, the robbing of the joy and happiness, I know that you've had a mission all throughout your career with entrepreneurship to really bring life back into being an entrepreneur. And that's what I experience. as I start, and I don't want to say reading through Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. This isn't a book to read through. This is a book to experience. And I think if we just flip through it, we're really missing out on the experience. And that to me is a metaphor for our life as entrepreneurs. We can flip through all the things on our to do lists and miss out on the experience that what really strikes me about the self-reliant entrepreneur is how you are pulling from transcendentalist authors and you see a parallel in their journey and what was going on in that period with what entrepreneurship is like so can you speak a little bit to that
0: yeah. So the book is organized. First off, I don't think we've even explained that. The book is organized as a daily workbook. So every day you get a reading. So whatever the date is, you know, you're know, you going to come back tomorrow. And so 366 entries. And it is loosely organized around seasons and monthly themes and things as well to kind of hold it all together. But every day starts with a quote from some mid-19th century literature, and then about 100 words of me or so just contextualizing that maybe for today. And then I end every day with a challenge question. So it is, as you started to talk about, it's really more of a workbook or a practice, almost, that you're not meant to read the book. You're meant to just come back to it every day. So the reason I chose that literature, I think a lot of folks, particularly entrepreneurs, are familiar, particularly with Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. I mean, you see a lot of quotes by those two in particular on Pinterest boards and and things like that. And so they were actually very good friends. And, you know, that era when they were writing, if you think about what was going on mid 1850s or so, we were on the cusp of the Civil War. Women were marching in the streets to get the right to vote. We were trying to abolish slavery. It was, in a lot of people's estimation, one of the first kind of counterculture periods in America. I mean, it was the first time that folks like Thoreau and Emerson were overtly writing about things like, hey, you don't have to listen to your preacher. You don't have to listen to your parents. You don't have to listen to you know, the people that tell you what you should do. We need to, as a nation, start thinking for ourselves ourselves. And what's funny is, you know, I've been attracted to that literature for a long time. But as I started digging in and thinking, I want to find kind of a thread, you know, that's going to run through this for my, you know, those quotes for the book. I discovered that really, not only were there a whole lot of other writers, many, you know, unknown to folks, you know, Margaret Fuller is a great example, but even the writers that wouldn't have considered themselves as, you know, part of the transcendentalist movement, the fiction writers at the time. Yeah, Louisa May Alcott, Nathaniel Hawthorne, you know, Herman Melville, you know, books that we all were asked to read in high school and college, uh, The Scarlet Letter and Little Women and Moby Dick, the protagonist, even in those characters, it was one of the first times that that they were showing up as very self-reliant, you know, you've got to figure this out, you know, do it, you know, yourself, you know, get through this. And I just think that it's some of the best writing, you know, it stood the test of time. I mean, We still are asked in high school and college to read those texts. And I just, I've found, or at least I believe it's some of the most impactful writing for entrepreneurs uh, still today. So I mind kind of that rich vein to kind of hold all of the themes together.
1: That's so interesting because so much of our journey as entrepreneurs is us learning to listen to our inner voice and rely on our inner voice when everyone around us is telling us that idea is crazy. Yeah, why would you want to do something like that? Nobody else does that. And it's those things that nobody else does. And the things that we see that are different, that oftentimes are the areas of innovation that help us to stand out.
0: And let's not forget, you know, the we're also telling ourselves a lot of times that idea is crazy, or that I'm not good enough, or who am I to think that I can get up and speak in front of an audience and, you know, have something important to share with them. So we really have to i use this, the word self-reliance a lot but the first journey is really self-trust and that's a great you know deal of uh, the theme that runs through this book is that we first i think have to develop a level of trust to to stop letting those outside and you know subconscious voices control us because to a large degree they really do and so The most successful entrepreneurs, I think, really come to the feeling that, you know, I'm not just going to do this because it sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do this because I have to. I have no choice. And, you know, that level of trust, I think, allows us to focus on the only things we can control, which is how we show up and how we respond to everything that happens. And I think that a great deal of the stress, you know, is caused by trying to control those things that aren't in our control.
1: Yes. So appreciating that chaos is going to exist and it's not a bad thing for us that, you know, it can actually be a good sign in the business and we don't need to push against it. You know, one of the things that I was aware of as you were just describing the self-trust that has to develop is I was thinking, well, how do we develop self-trust? Where do we learn to listen to our own voice? And I have been a journaler for years but not a consistent journaler, a sporadic journaler. And amazingly, when I'm really busy in my business, I'm not journaling so much. You know, I'm losing touch with my own voice. But I really feel like there's two practices in my life where I really learn to listen. And that is in my journaling and in my meditation practice. Mm-hmm. So, in journaling, that's where I can see my voice and my ideas, and I can see them strengthen. And then, in the meditation, it's just being quiet and allowing whatever is there to be there. Yeah. For you, I'm curious: are you a journaler, having written a book that has these like journal prompts? And
0: yeah, so I have for years meditated and journaled, and my journaling—it's interesting. And you know, I'm not the first one to do those. Obviously, I mean, even. A lot of the works that I cite in this book, the Transcendentalists were big fans of journaling and solitude and walking and and meditating. And so, uh, you know, that shows up in this book a lot because it's a lot of the practices that I believe in. But my journaling is, for me, it's a lot like meditation. So for me, meditation allows me to slow down. I mean, it has physical benefits for me, you know, from blood pressure and all those kinds of things. But it also allows me to kind of witness all the crazy thoughts going around in my head, the, you know, without judgment. And journaling kind of does that for me too. When I start journaling, I literally pick up the pen and I just start writing. I have no idea what I'm going to write. And, you know, some of it's kind of like kooky, you know, initially, and then something happens and I settle in and it feels like, you know, some rhythm uh, develops. So it's almost like a quieting practice of, you know, the, I think we probably underestimate anybody who's done any kind of meditation for any period of time realizes this. But I think most entrepreneurs probably underestimate how much noise is just internally. Uh, going on constantly robbing them of their energy.
1: I would agree that there's so much noise and distraction, especially social media. One of the events that we host here is the Breakthroughs on the Bayou retreat. Mike McAllowitz comes and he and I co-host it together. And we have our participants.
0: I want to come to that. That sounds fun.
1: John, you absolutely should. We'd love to have you with us. It is a good time. We have about 25 entrepreneurs gather each year at my home here on the Bayou in Louisiana, and it's called Breakthroughs on the Bayou. And One year, we just decided, you know what, we really need these guys to disconnect while they're here so they can be fully present. And so we have the no cell phone challenge where we have them drop their cell phones in a basket and we whisk them away into an undisclosed location. And the first year that we did that, it really struck me. One of our participants said, you know, it's been about since the day that the cell phone was developed since I've been disconnected. And how powerful that was to just be disconnected, to be quiet and be fully present with the people in the room and connect in that way. And that's just one example of the noise that is around us. But tying this back and bringing it back to the self-reliant entrepreneur, what I'm really appreciating about the daily passages in there is you're ending every single day with a very powerful coaching question. You know, and when I have my own coach and I talk to my coach, my coach will ask me these questions that, They kind of come out of the blue. They're in context, but they kind of come out of the blue and they're big and they make me stop and think about something in a different way. And you're ending each of those passages with one of those questions. And so it's that opportunity to tackle a question and think about life and circumstances from a different way. And that often can shift what we're dealing with and allow us new insights and opportunities. So with it, I thought maybe you offered to read the passage that corresponds to my birthday, which is the August 31st passage in the book.
0: You know, the question element for a lot of people, I think what I'm hearing from people is that's the thing they take with them throughout the day a lot of times, because they a lot of times don't have the answer.
1: No. And that's the best questions we don't have the answers for right away.
0: And so then what happens is that because that somehow got planted in your subconscious, then you have a tendency, I think, to witness what goes on throughout the day and go, oh, that's how that shows up. (laughs) And so I think that is one of the powers of kind of having a thought-provoking question. All right. So I'm told by you that your birthday is August 31st. So every day starts with a title and then a reading that I've chosen and then some hundred words or so for me and then your challenge question. So here we go. August 31st. You cannot fail. You cannot put a fire out. A thing that can ignite can go itself without a fan upon the slowest night. You cannot fold a flood and put it in a drawer because the winds would find it out and tell your cedar floor. That's from a poem by Emily Dickinson called Power. The complete poems of Emily Dickinson, 1855. What would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? Powerful question, right? There's probably an Etsy print and a t-shirt if you need some extra motivation. This question became a popular Silicon Valley startup slogan, but its roots go back to popular Christian televangelist from the 1970s, Robert Shula. But you can't put a fire out. You can't fail. You're not your circumstances or even your past and current experience. You're a fire, a thing that can ignite again and again, as long as you're doing something worth doing and you get to define worth doing you cannot fail question. What would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? What goals would you be setting for yourself if you knew you could not fail?
1: (sighs) (laughs) I get chills. So I want to answer that here. And I also, I would love for our profit designers to come into our Facebook group for the profit by design podcast and share your answer of what would you do if you knew you could not fail. So I issued the four-week vacation challenge to our participants at the Breakthroughs on the Bayou Retreat two years ago. And we had people step up, take the four-week vacation challenge. We have some trailblazers who've done it, including myself. And I just released my latest book, How to Hire the Best. It went to international bestseller on Amazon. I was very excited about that. I was a little surprised. I just wanted to get to the bestseller status. It went international, and that was awesome. And so I was thinking, okay, what's next? And the big book that I've been wanting to write is The Four Week Vacation. I wanna document the journey of our trailblazers who are putting their business on the trajectory of taking the four-week vacation and what all the implications are for the businesses and the teams. So I was issued a challenge to release the four-week vacation book next December while I'm on a four-week vacation and launch it. And I just thought, I don't know. So, John, I gotta tell you, the whole time I have been preaching the four week vacation, I have been really aware for myself there is a time and a place in a business to take a four week vacation. It's not in the middle of a book launch. (laughs) 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 And so this is my challenge ahead for the year is to finish writing the book. And launch it and take that four-week vacation. And I've decided I'm not going to do it right at the book launch. But the week after the book launch, yes, that's when the four-week vacation is most needed. Because that's when, you know, so that's my big, what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? Yeah, it's kind of a little scary. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail?
0: I was afraid you were going to ask that. You should be. <laughs> I think that has changed. That has evolved because there, every time I answer that question, then I go ahead and do it.
1: Right. So your confidence in yourself should be going up and up, right? Your self-reliance.
0: You know, I'm 59 now, and I am not going to do the what I'm doing in my you know, current day, but I'm still running a company and a brand. And so, you know, my next big challenge for me is to figure out a, a way to maximize the asset that I've built. <laughs> so in other words, my company's for sale if you want to buy it.
1: I hear that. <laughs> so we're talking duct tape marketing, right? That's right. Wow. Yeah, that is big because you've been building that for a number of years. When did you start?
0: Well, so I started my own marketing consulting firm 30 years ago, but the Duct Tape Marketing brand was born February 18th, 2002. So the brand itself of Duct Tape Marketing is only 17 years old.
1: That's exciting to think about What as you do that and then what comes next from that.
0: That's right. Well, you know, I love doing what I'm doing and I play whenever I want to play. And so, you know, it's not going to be golf, you know, thing. I mean, it's going to be that I'm going to, you know, do whatever I want to do, which I think is—you uh, know—I will probably continue to write. The self-reliant entrepreneur, I think, itself actually is completely evergreen. I mean, the writing in it is <laughs> is 150 years old, some of it. So, I think there's a real community and movement, quite frankly, around that that I want to spend a lot of time building as well.
1: Yeah, you know, from having done some four-week vacations myself and watching what happens to our entrepreneurs as they take a four-week vacation. When we step away from the business that is so much a part of who we are, we really start to have to grapple with who are we if we're not oh, yeah. duct tape marketing. Yeah, you know, If I'm not John Jantz with duct tape marketing, who am I? Yeah. And a four-week vacation is just four weeks of grappling with that because we can all come right back and go, okay, thank goodness I don't have to be that right now. I can just go right back to what I was doing. Yeah. But. I think it just creates this opportunity for us to get to know ourselves in a whole different way when we commit that this is the next step in my life. I'm not going to be doing this for the rest of my life. And there are other things in my life that I am passionate about that I want the time and opportunity to explore.
0: I really believe, and it's kind of comes off kind of cliche, I suppose, but I mean, my mission has always been to help. The folks that I work with, it's always been to, you know, help small business owners, you know, get their life back. I've been saying that for 30 years, you know, through marketing, <laughs> because I think that is, a, you know, if they can't figure that part of it out, it makes the struggle a little harder. So I don't think that that mission will actually ever change. And I think that's what makes actually saying, okay, now I'm going to do this or I'm going to evolve this way. I think if you have that overarching. Mission, then you can fulfill that mission in many, many ways.
1: Well, and you're fortunate that you have that clarity. Around your mission. So many of us don't have that. And I see it when, you know, one of our common friends, Mike McAllowitz, author of the pumpkin plan, we take our clients at tap the potential through the pumpkin plan. And a big part of that is identifying your mission, vision and purpose. We can be running our businesses all day long and have no clue what our mission, vision and purpose is. And That is really the heart. That's where the business comes to life. And in the commitment engine, you really talk about how we have to commit to that. And that's what brings people, you know, our communities together around that. And so just taking the time to get to understand that at the point of the business where you just want to grow the business is really important. But it also becomes something that as we look at stepping away from our businesses makes it a lot easier to step away because we are able to find other ways to express our purpose and our mission and it doesn't have to be through the business.
0: Yeah, and I certainly encounter a lot of people that get that idea and so then they work really hard on what is our purpose. And I think unfortunately a lot of them get very frustrated because, you know, they maybe come up with something that they think sounds good, but it doesn't, you know, it isn't really, you know, deeply seated and I think that sometimes you just have to let go of that and experience things. You know, I find that if people understand their true core values and they kind of release this idea, this need to have this perfectly refined purpose, I think it'll find you. (laughs) And that's hard. I mean, it's said in hindsight, I think. But, you know, I certainly didn't start my business knowing exactly what I wanted to do or who I wanted to serve, you know, I discovered it. And, you know, sometimes you discover it by being resilient and getting back up a couple of times.
1: Well, and, you know, the other thing is that we have to really pay attention to what our clients and customers are feeding back to us and what they are gravitating to in us. Because I didn't set out, I Really honestly, never set out to write a book about hiring for business owners. Like, and I really totally resisted that, but it was such a need. That's why I ended up diving into it. What I really wanted to work on is helping them have a life, you know, our commonality here. And, but I realized, like you with marketing, I realized if they didn't have solutions to their hiring challenges, they weren't going to get a life because they were working their fingers to the bone without those team members. And it was through me listening to what My clients were saying, I appreciate this the most about what you're teaching me and how you're supporting me, that I really came to see these are my gifts to share in the world. So I think in our entrepreneurial journey, just getting back to why it's so important to slow down, listen, pay attention, write, reflect. I've really embraced that. And now I'm very intentional in my focus of, and we have an immutable law at Tap the Potential, be a gift from our gifts. So I'm very intentional of here's a gift. How do I maximize that? How do I make the most of this to share this with the people who need it the most and appreciate it the most? And I know that even if I weren't doing what I'm doing at Tap the Potential, I would still be out there in the world in some way doing those things. And I really think that's what you're getting at is we want to know what those things are about us because that's really the heart of the business.
0: Yeah. And I do also think that one of the things we have to force ourselves to do is get outside of our comfort zone and not you know just because we have to continue to grow. And so one of the things that I think has really helped me in my business is that I intentionally kind of push myself into some things that are going to be a stretch for me. And what I've found usually is, I mean, you know, sometimes I fumble, (laughs) but I've also found that, you know, once kind of stretched, I can't come back again. (laughs) And that's the part, that's where you start finding (laughs) those things that really kind of charge you up and feed your soul. But if we just stay in, you know, here's what I'm supposed to do. Here's my lane. You know, this is the hand I was dealt in life then, you know, I think we don't even stagnate. I think we start to shrink. And so, you know, forcing yourself lifelong journey, you know, to push yourself into some experiences that are new for you, I think is the only way that that we figure out anything that we're going to do. I often credit the fact I have insatiable curiosity. And so I just, you know, I, my parents tell a story that I have seven brothers and two sisters. So you imagine going anywhere with 10 kids. And so I think handful of times they would take us all to the grocery store. And my parents joked that my uh, mom would say "You know, to my father, you watch John, I've got the other nine. Um, <laughs> because I uh, love to get into things. And that's really served me well, I think, in some ways, because I will read books on architecture and math and you know, things that are seemingly unrelated to marketing, because I think that's where some of the greatest Discoveries I've made actually because let's face it, in marketing, we're all writing about the same stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, the ways in which anything that I've done that might be considered an innovation, I feel like. I've borrowed from other
1: places. Absolutely. And I see for myself like because at the Breakthroughs on the Bayou retreat we have people coming cross industry. And that's one of the things that gets commented on very often is I didn't expect as a realtor to have anything in common with a contractor or you know an accountant. Who knew we all have similar business challenges? But the thing that we that really benefits us is getting outside of our industries because when we go to our industry conferences and trade shows we all hear the same stuff coming back at us and so talking to someone outside our industry gets us out of our little box in our head but intentionally seeking out information books and podcasts radio shows that are completely outside the norm and you know in with social media we have to be so careful because we are being targeted with same ideas based on an algorithm. So our thinking just gets narrower and narrower. And if we really want to innovate, we've got to be looking around us in that insatiable curiosity. I love that.
0: Well, in this book, you know, that's been one of the challenges for me is, you know, I'm known as small business entrepreneur marketing, but this book I think crosses over into coaching crosses over into spirituality. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm out there now going in and knocking on some doors that, you know, are not familiar with me and my work. And that's, you know, obviously that can feel challenging. You know, you want to send somebody an email and go, what do you mean you've never heard of me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that's, you know, that's growth as well.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's also that I'm really appreciating you speaking to that because we will achieve things in our career. And we're at the top of the mountain and then we have to get back off and climb back down again. I think there's a song about this.
0: <laughs> well, there's exactly there's a line in the book that I say there are plenty of people out tell you, you should, you know, how to get to the top of the mountain and why you should, but there's nobody telling you how to get back down again.
1: Yeah. But that's again, that's where all the learning and the growth is going to happen. If we stay there at the top of the mountain, yeah. It's a beautiful scene and we can enjoy it, but not much growth is happening after we're there. But kudos to you for continuing to grow and looking at what's next. So, John, how can our profit designers get a hold of the self-reliant entrepreneur?
0: You bet. So the book is sold, of course, wherever books are sold. There will be an audio book. Unfortunately, it's a month or two away. Uh, depending upon when you're listening to this. This is early November of 2019, but I suspect by early 2020, it'll be available. But so you can buy a book wherever you get books. If you want to find just a little more about the book itself, it's just selfreliantentrepreneur.com. Or if you want to find anything about the work I've done for the last 25, 30 years, it's just ducttapemarketing.com. And that's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com.
1: Well, thank you, John. I appreciate you being with us as we go out today. If you could share some words of wisdom, if you got the opportunity to go back and speak to yourself, twenty. 30 years ago. What would you say to yourself?
0: I had a couple opportunities early on in my life to travel internationally. And I thought that sounded scary. I mean, I had to get shots. I didn't want to get shots (laughs) in high school is when this was. And I think that would be, you know, I didn't travel anywhere that I would call exotic, you know, until, you know, until I was probably almost 30. So that would, I would say I like travel because it makes you, you know, nothing pushes you out of your comfort zone faster than going someplace that you're not familiar with at all. You don't speak the language, but boy, is it such a rich place for you to grow and learn about yourself. So that would be it for me is take the opportunity to go as many exotic places when you're in your 20s as possible.
1: Oh, I love it. Or even in your
0: 40s. Yeah, whenever it happens, (laughs) uh, no question. But you asked me to go back in time. And so that was definitely it for me.
1: Yeah, no, I'm taking that to heart for my current self and want to do more travel in 2020. So thank you for being with us, John. It was very inspiring to talk with you today.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Hey, Profit Designers, as we head out today, I thought I would share an idea with you. If you are looking for a holiday gift for that entrepreneur in your life, I think the self-reliant entrepreneur could make a great holiday gift. And if you are a coach, consultant, accountant, bookkeeper, and you have clients that you're thinking about, what can I give them for a holiday gift? Self-reliant entrepreneur might be just that gift. Is your business on track to being a highly profitable, great place to work? Take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment and find out now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Profit by Design podcast Facebook group. Share your thoughts on today's episode. Ask us questions and let us know what you want to hear about next. Visit our website at profitbydesignpodcast.com to access resources from our sponsors and tools we've created for you subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to right now there's a subscribe button right there go ahead and hit it so that you always get a notification when we release a new episode and finally share our podcast with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it thanks again for listening this is real life business keep your chin up keep moving forward You got this.